0: Yes.
1: I'm hungry.
2: Well, you should have eaten your breakfast. Hey, wasn't
1: it around here that the Donner Party got snowbound?
2: I think that was farther west in the Sierras.
1: What was the Donner Party?
2: They were a party of settlers in covered wagon
0: times. They got snowbound one winter in the mountains.
2: They had to resort to cannibalism in order to stay alive.
1: I mean they ate each other, up? Huh?
2: They had to, in order to survive.
1: Yeah. Don't worry, Mom. I know all about cannibalism. I saw it on TV.
2: See?
0: It's okay. You saw it on the television. Mmm. Here comes the rundown.
2: Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. And we are back.
1: The rundown.
2: Episode number nine. Number nine. First off, I've got a few fast facts for you. The audience loved that last time, by the way. Did they? Nachos are named after their inventor, Ignacio Nacho Anaya. The dish was originally called Nachos Especiales. And eventually, the apostrophe disappeared, and it was just shortened to nachos. Leave it up to the Americans yeah. to do that.
1: Yeah.
0: And let's just drop that apostrophe on the end. That's too complex. Get
1: rid of that second word there. We
0: call it nachos.
1: Nacho. It just reminds me of Nacho Libre. Yeah, I was gonna. I was actually thinking. Isn't his name Ignacio, Ignacio in that movie? Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> These are my stretchy pants. My
2: exercise clothes. Nacho. Get the coat out of my face. <laughs> A man was jailed for 28 years for a murder he didn't commit Mm. until it was discovered that the forensics evidence was wrong. What? They misidentified hair found on the crime scene to be his, and it turned out to be a dog's. Oh. 28 years, bro. Because of some dog roaming around. That's ridiculous. Wait,
1: okay. That's, that sucks, man. I feel the pain. That's awful.
2: How many other guys were like, well, wait, what about mine? How many other guys are sitting in prison right now that are later going to be found out that it was just some armadillo DNA armadillo. roaming around here in Texas? Yeah. There's
1: probably a handful of those, huh? Movie trailers were originally shown
2: after the movie, which is why they're called trailers. I actually did know that. One. I've always wondered why. Yeah. And Now I know. Yeah. My daughters always, when they see any words on the screen, they go... That's the credits. And I'm like, no, that's (laughs) subtitles or that's like that's something that's that's something else. They're like, that's credits. That's credits. In 1837, the Speaker of the House of the Arkansas General Assembly killed another state representative with a knife right on the floor of the General Assembly. They were arguing over a bill about wolf pelts. The killer won when he was tried and was never punished. What? Uh, We have ruled in favor seven to four that wolf pelts are very important. I'm not sure why people in Arkansas have like part English accent. Yeah, right. (laughs) One of the symptoms of hookworm disease is the desire to eat soil. Hookworm disease. Yeah. I guess my kids have hookworm disease (laughs) because they just got dirt
1: (laughs) in their mouth all the time. What kid doesn't have hookworm disease? What is hookworm? How do you get hookworm Uh, disease? I I just state the It's weird. The spire, that's the point, of
2: the Empire State Building in New York was designed originally as a mooring mast for blimps. After only one blimp tried to successfully dock, the high wind prevented them from ever attempting a docking again. <laughs> Why? Because they realized, hey, maybe this isn't such a smart idea. Yeah. We built this big building and everything's going to come <laughs> crashing down.
1: Oh, the humanity.
2: The speed of light is so fast it circles the entire Earth 7.5 times in one second. Wow, that's
1: crazy. That blows my mind then, like, when you get pictures from, like, the Hubble telescope in outer space, then you find out, like, their light, like, those stars that we're seeing are light years away. Oh, yeah. A light the, those is...
2: stars literally could have died out 10 years ago, and you're yeah. still receiving the light from it.
1: I think I can remember how old we were, but, like, my science teacher was saying, yeah, the light that you're seeing from the stars right now, that's actually where they were when Jesus was alive. And it's like, wow. <laughs> I went to Catholic school. It's a Catholic school, so. Yeah, know, I, I, don't think,
2: <laughs> I don't think you can put that <laughs> on every celestial body. I think maybe she was correct for some of them, but she can't say that
1: with all facts. Probably not. No, probably not. The deadliest animal in the world. What would you guess? Deadliest animal in the world. Deadliest animal in the world. I'm going to go with the shark. No, the bee.
2: Mm, Close. Deadliest animal in the world is a mosquito. It kills 1.5 times more creatures than human beings, 14.5 times more than snakes, and 72,000 times more than sharks. Uh, I'm really glad I changed my answer. 25% of people with tattoos regret the decision, averaging to about 7.5 million Americans. Wow. How long after they got the tattoo do they regret? Uh, Once they wake up from the hangover. (laughs) Lysol disinfectant was once advertised as a feminine hygiene product and once as a birth control, which poisoned 190-plus women and killed at least five. Oh... Spray that
0: Lysol around your baby, ladies. Man. Make it all clean.
2: Guys, this podcast is brought to you by the Human Charger. The sun in your pocket. Sun in your pocket. Bo, you actually used the Human Charger this week. I just thought of
1: that. I, I know I did. I got to use it this week. I was coming in. I was feeling a little groggy. Hooked it up. Put it in my ears. Listened to white light. But yeah, it worked. You know, I stuck it in. I was feeling groggy, low energy. Yeah. But yeah, after like, what is it, 12 minutes? 12 minutes. Know, having that thing in, white light, blue infused light, all that light hitting my brain. The same spectrum receptors. as the sun. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. So guys, my team's made this super easy for you. If you wanted to do your research, head to success101podcast.com forward slash human charger. Grab 20% off of this amazing device that we talk about all the time by entering success101 in the checkout section. And you'll be able to snag your own, helping you pound less caffeine, helping you sleep better at night, even use as a pre-workout. A lot of people report in success 101 com forward slash human charger. Enter
1: success101 in the checkout section. Go grab your own. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. Y'all should try it. I got a question for you. It's 2018. We're about halfway done. And I just feel like I really haven't been on the right path of like meeting my goals. Is there anything (laughs) out there you feel like? Thanks, Bo. This is what friends are for, guys. I was not going to promote my book today, but. Thanks so much
2: for teeing it up. Oh, we're like a married couple now. I know exactly what you're going for there. You have a book? Yes, and I'll mention it now that you teed it up. Guys, my book is still available, From Success to Significance, The Six Vision Building Strategies. You're going to find all of that in the book. My team's made that available for just the shipping cost if you're in the United States with the paperback version. Head to success101podcast.com forward slash book. And at checkout, Inner Success 101, if you're in the U.S., you'll get the paperback for just the shipping cost. If you're international, outside the U.S., select the ebook reader for about the same cost. You'll have an instant download on that. Wow. Thank you
1: for solving my problems. Jared, I got a story for you today. What would a podcast with Bo be without a story? Well, it wouldn't be a podcast. I'd probably just ask you to leave. The 1840s were a time of expansion for our... Fledgling nation. So brave pioneers would load up their belongings, their families, and wagons and travel westward across the unsettled wilderness along the Oregon Trail to the Pacific coast. Pioneers hoped to find new lives and new opportunity in Oregon and California and to make an earnest living to provide for their families. The very thought of uprooting one's life to basically gamble on uncertainty and hope, it's incredibly risky. No, we've talked about this before, Lewis and Clark Expedition. The did you ever play Oregon Trail? I did. Ever? I think anyone who ever played Oregon Trail knows how hard it is to get even like a tenth of the way into the game without dying of dysentery. That's right. It's hard to get through the game, but it's not hard to get TB. Exactly. A lot of people found that to be the case in real life, too. The trail generally followed the rivers uh, to South Pass, which is in Wyoming, and uh, it was relatively easy trails for wagons because so many people had taken the trail that they it was it was very easily identified. And once they got into Wyoming to South Pass, they could then choose different routes based on if they're going to Oregon or if they're going to California. I wonder how they made that decision. I probably will be willing to bet they just had that you know kind of decided before they got to that point. It's not like they drew straws. Well, I guess we're going to Oregon.
2: I think people back then just went west, and the trail turned this way and that, and they realized, hey, we're 300 miles south of
1: where we thought we'd be. I guess <laughs> we're going to California. Uh, another factor in the treacherous trip was always weather. The window of opportunity where people were trying to get from Independence to California it was so small that if pioneers wanted to avoid muddy conditions, they needed to leave in late spring because the rain would turn the grass into mud. There wouldn't be enough rain to let grass grow so their oxen can feed, but then if they left too late, they're looking at snowfalls hitting as early as September. Man, I'm
2: just so thankful we're born in the time we are today. Right? But the thing is, they didn't know
1: any different. They they thought they were living in the best times it's ever been. Yeah. In 1842, the book, The Emigrants Guide to Oregon and California. Emigrants with an E. What's emigrants? Emigrants are people who are just migrating from place to place, like within a nation. They're not really leaving a country to go to another country. Immigrants. Immigrants.
2: I just never knew there was any difference.
1: Yeah. There's immigrants with an I and two M's. This is emigrant with one M and an E. Maybe they should know how to spell back then. No, there's a difference. There's a, like emigrants are just migrants. The book, The Immigrant's Guide to Oregon and California was published by L.W. Hastings. Now, Hastings was an early immigrant to California. Emigrant or immigrant? emigrant? Emigrant. 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 In the book, Hastings spoke of an alternative route to California, through the Wasatch Mountains and across the Great Salt Lake Desert. So that wasn't okay. typically the route to go on. You see, you find this magic hole and you get there two days faster. That's exactly the accent that I would have in my mind for Hastings. He described it as a more direct route into California and had named it Hastings Cutoff after himself, you know, not very pompous at all. He would camp out at a fort, Fort Bridger in Wyoming and would persuade pioneers as they're coming through to take his route, claiming it was a shortcut instead of taking the traditional route on the Oregon Trail.
0: Enough people come by here and Fort Bridger will be called Fort Hastings. Uh, Just you wait and see.
1: Yeah, he's hoping. He he is wanting to take advantage of California and all the, you know, just rich, prosperous land. He sees what it is. You know, it's undeveloped, wants to take advantage of it. He's trying to get people to go his way. Wants to become famous. Now, by 1846, four years later, Hastings still had not yet traveled any part of his proposed shortcut.
0: I'm guessing this is all true, but I've never seen it for myself.
1: How, how mad would that make you? This guy writes in a book that he's found this new way... And he's never done it.
0: Oh, no, I had a vision one night. I'm telling you, go down that path and you'll get there two days faster. Oh, the angel Gabriel came (laughs) out to me in a dream and he said you must go this way. He said a weird word. He called it a wormhole. I'm not sure what that means, but I know it means two days faster to the
1: coast. Oh, pumpkin pellets. Some time goes by after the book comes out, and Hastings decides he better try it. So he goes ahead and goes on this trail. I've been talking about this for a long time and sending people down that trail. Guess I'm better
0: mosey on down it myself and see what's in this wormhole. He didn't take a wagon with him, so
1: he's like Well it's good enough to get by
0: on foot. <laughs> Welcome to teleportation.
1: Now, the most difficult part of the journey on the trail was the last 100 miles because it went through the Sierra Nevada Mountain Range. How much do you know about the Sierra Nevada? I know it's an. Au- they've got an awesome IPA. They do. What else? Oh, that's all I can remember at this point. <laughs> all right, Hastings, sit down, buddy. So the Sierra Nevada Mountain Range, it's got peaks that are unusually high, but then also because they're so close to the Pacific Ocean, all that moisture coming off gives the mountain range more snow than typical mountain ranges in the United States. So it's ah. something to keep in mind. Put that fact and put it in your back pocket. It's important later. In the spring of 1846, 500 wagons departed from Independence, Missouri to embark on the 2,500-mile trek across America. Now, at the very rear of the train were nine wagons and 32 people of the Reed and Donner families okay i see where we're going with this do you famous Donner family people do you think are hearing this and going i shouldn't listen to this i feel like we should have a rating on this podcast Uh uh-huh i actually i was talking to someone earlier saying yeah i'm doing a story on the donner party tonight and they're just like what is that like you never walked into a restaurant and heard someone go donner party of five Oh, you'll see, son. Pretty oh, soon. I
0: just guess you're going to be surprised. <laughs>
1: oh, ooh, ooh, moonshine. <laughs> now, George and Jacob Donner were two wealthy brothers who had already migrated from place to place five different times in their lives. And they're older guys now. Like, George is 60 years old. Oh, yeah. I mean, after all that moving. Yeah. Back in that day, you would be. times, though, man. Like, that's that's a lot of times to ask your family to uproot everything they got going on. Leave your friends behind, your jobs, everything. Come on, it's time to go. We
0: Uh, just got here. (laughs) I just made my first best friend. We finally got corn coming up in the field. What do you mean? Molly's making friends at school. (laughs) Oh, I hate my life.
1: Now, understandably, George was on his third wife at this time. Don't scare the children. Don't yell in front of them. I'll follow you anywhere. James Reed was a businessman that wished to strike it rich in California and also hoped that the climate would help his wife. His wife was suffering. Margaret, by the way, was suffering from horrible headaches. And he thought the climate would help those headaches and she wouldn't suffer. Reed had recently finished reading Hastings' book. And after gathering the other families, including the Donners, he had made last-minute plans to migrate to California. Now, the party left April 1846, which was unusually late for the journey to begin. That is red flag number one. Now, red flag number two is that most of the members in the party were either children, like under the age of 18, or they were in their 50s and 60s. You know, basically the type of people who tend to have superb immune systems. Yeah. Now, the party made it to Fort Bridger. All 20 wagons decided to follow Reed. Guys, I read a book. It says this is the way to go. I promise. I promise. And take the untested trail.
2: Well they can't none of them can read, so they're like, This boy read a buck. His he's gotta be
1: He's gotta be smarter than anybody on the trip. So all twenty wagons embarked on the untested trail, but again, nobody had any idea that it was untested at the time. They thought Hastings totally knew what he was talking about. Instead of the trails that were well placed, they were having to cut down trees constantly, thick trees. And, like, roll over boulders or pick them up and physically move them out of the way of the wagon.
0: It did not look like anybody's been through here yet, but cut down a few more trees and maybe we'll see some trails. <laughs> My heart tells me we're still going the right way.
1: How, how far into the trail do you think they got before they were like, can you eat boulders? It had to be after the fifth child died. That was a common occurrence back then, by the way. That's why you had to have, like, 18 children. When the party reached a canyon head in the Wasatch Mountains, they found a note left by Hastings that the trail ahead was more difficult than he originally believed and told them to wait because he would return and would probably like he would try to guide them through like a different route.
0: If you find this note, beware. I've wrote. Try to stifle your anger when you come upon more danger.
1: (laughs) I don't know that was great oh i love hastings poetry it's great he should write a book i mean yeah i mean oh wait I mean, you didn't tell us earlier
2: that in the book there's, there's all poems. poetry yeah third baby died today
0: all the skies are sad and gray <laughs> we will press on ahead down the road of dread
1: <laughs> now the party found his poetry troubling after eight days, when Hastings still had not arrived or returned, they decided to send a messenger up the canyon to find him. Now, the messenger returned several days later with instructions from Hastings to follow another trail.
2: Was it written in poem form?
1: I hope so, because <laughs> like, I've come to really enjoy Hastings' it's like, poetry. It's like little, he's leaving little haikus for people. <laughs> <laughs> All these haikus. 575. Got to stay consistent. <laughs> Now, the alternate route, however, turned out to be even worse. Oh, no. It turned out to be even worse. And so they had to carve fresh road through, like I said, thick trees and boulder-strewn ground. It was horrible. Now, they finally made it through the Wasatch Mountains and arrived at the Great Salt Lake Desert. Hastings' route had cost them 18 valuable days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And four children. Days, man. <laughs> and four children. Now, unfortunately, their difficulties were only beginning. They get to the desert. And they come across another torn and tattered letter from Hastings, hopefully also in verse. Now, the pieces indicated that there were two days and nights of difficult travel ahead without grass or water. So their oxen don't have anything to eat or any of their livestock for that matter. They got oxen, they got mules, they got horses, cattle, not a whole lot to eat ahead, no grass and no water. After 36 hours, they set to climb this mountain that was a thousand feet high. When they get to the top, they look out. And they see this barren, dry, perfectly flat plain covered in white salt, larger than the one that they had just seen. Quote, one of the most inhospitable places on earth. <laughs> it was hell on earth. It was hell on earth, man. Danger
0: lays ahead. Better store up your grains and bread. Everything's about to get worse. Welcome to your hell on earth. <laughs>
1: Dude, I want to subscribe to Hastings Poetry. (laughs) The Hastings Monologues. That crazy prospector coming up with rhymes. This prospector, he keeps writing in them rhymes. I just, why can't he just say it in English? Is it safe or is it not
0: up ahead? (laughs) If only more of us could read, we'd know what
1: everyone's laughing
0: about. What's he saying over there? (laughs) What's the keeping from
1: us? The party pressed onwards, having no alternative. So in the heat of the day, the moisture underneath the salt crust, it would rise to the surface and it turned all that soil into just gummy mass. And their wagon wheels would get stuck into it, making the oxen that were already incredibly fatigued even more tired. Now, the days were blisteringly hot and the nights were incredibly cold. Several of the group saw visions of lakes and other wagon trains and they were thinking like oh we cut out the Hastings and the other wagons and they were all mirages. <laughs> so they're just getting tortured. Oh, okay. Maybe we could start worrying. How much food do we have left, guys? We're running low. I think I'm starting to have some hallucinations, guys. Only three days have passed and they're already going nuts. (laughs) Some of the party removed their oxen from the wagons to press ahead and find more. Others basically just left the wagons behind with the oxen still attached because they were too tired to go ahead, even if they were released.
0: For safety, you should travel in teams. But beware of the hallucinations and dreams. Press through the miry muck. Boy, doesn't this trip just suck?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So none of the party had any remaining faith at all. This trail. Sucks. The only thing keeping them alive is his poetry. That's right. That's right. So I wonder what that next letter says. They spent several days trying to recover cattle, retrieve the wagons left behind in the desert, and transfer their food and supplies to other wagons. (sighs) Okay, so they're like real upset, real mad at Reed for first of all convincing them all to go on this trail, but then also Hastings, who clearly has no clue what the heck he's talking about. Now, they finally make it to the Sierra Nevada range, but the problem is it's super late in the season. Like, we're coming across, like, October, November, and snowfall starts in September. Only 100 miles remain between them and their destination, so they're kind of in the home stretch. Might as well push through it, right? But before they had a chance to drive their wagons to the mountains, an early blizzard blanketed the Sierra in several feet of snow. Mountain passes that were... Available and open just a day before were completely transformed into icy roadblocks, just covered in the snow where no one could get through. They just need to put chains on the wagon wheels. Oh yeah! Why didn't they have chains? So the mountain passes being completely covered forced them to retreat back to nearby Truckee Lake, where they would wait out the winter in tents and cabins. <laughs>
0: retreat back to Truckee Lake.
1: <laughs> Truckee Lake is a horrible you, name. You can make it. <laughs> Now, much of the group's supplies and livestock, as we already mentioned, had been lost in the trail, and it wasn't long before the first settlers began to perish from starvation.
0: Retreat back to Truckee Lake before you all meet your fate. If you don't go quick, beware of the
2: death and the sick. Hastings is warning them the entire time of what's happening. Hastings
1: is leaving great creativity behind and letters all along. Yeah, I thought at first he was steering them in a bad direction, well, he got but
2: uh, well, I mean, he was steering them west where they needed to go.
1: But at every point, he's telling them what's about to happen. Yeah, they're just not heeding it. And in verse, I mean, yes, he may be warning them. Of course, you can warn someone when you know it's going sideways. <laughs> After two months, on December 16th, 1846, 15 of the strongest members of the party strapped on makeshift snowshoes and tried to walk out of the mountains to find help. Wait, makeshift? Makeshift. I wonder what those look like. Ma- uh, right? I'm not even sure snowsho- real snowshoes. Yeah, real snowshoes already look makeshift. What do, you, <laughs> what do makeshift snowshoes look like? It's just a, it's
2: just a board with a string he on it. He took
1: a tennis racket and put it on his boot. It's as makeshift as it gets, man. These are our snowshoes. Yes. I don't realize they're makeshift, but it's the best we have. They're wandering for several days in the frozen landscape. Obviously, they don't have a lot with them because they're on foot. So really quickly, they're basically on the verge of starvation and collapsing. So the hikers resign themselves to cannibalism. Mm. They consider drawing lots for a human sacrifice. To figure out... Oh, wait. They're not eating people that are already dead. They're going to kill people. These are the hikers that are trying to go find help who can't carry supplies with them. They're quickly hungry. And yeah, now they're like, we should draw lots to figure out who we cook.
0: (laughs) Beautiful sunset. We're all blessed to be here today. Uh, Sure like you guys
1: a lot. (laughs) I just had a kid not too long ago. It would really not be great if they grew up without a father. I have an idea that may help our survival. Now, it's rather unpleasant, but hear me out. Cannibalism. Yes! Cannibalism! That's perfect! I think that's what
2: everyone was thinking, but just didn't want to say.
1: Um, no, I didn't want to say that. I'm a vegetarian, so what am I supposed to do in this situation? Now, I think the only way to properly decide who should get eaten and who should survive is by voting on it. cannibalism was founded on democracy. That is true. Yeah, it's true. That's what they teach in civics. Again, guys, I would very much prefer not eating another human being, so could we maybe uh, explore some other options first? The ship has sailed on you and your dumb ideas. Cannibalism is the ticket. They even thought about having two men duel when people (laughs) decided not to, like, take loss. They're like, no, I don't want to do that. They're like, all right, well, then let's duel. Now, several members of the party soon died naturally. Thank God Joe died in his sleep. Why does he have... Strangle marks
0: around his neck. Look, he looks a little bruised. He got in his, his sleep. <laughs> Stop asking questions, and you'll be next. Is anyone else hungry? Let's eat.
1: <laughs> the gruesome meat gave them energy they required, and following a month of walking, only seven of the original fifteen made it to a ranch in California and were able to help organize rescue efforts for the rest left back in the in the uh, desert. M- not to be too graphic, but. We've
2: studied a lot on Jeffrey Dahmer and his tactics, and he does say the bicep is the best part of the human. Yikes, man. Yep. Wow. We'll take
0: this trip step by step. If things get in a jam, we'll
1: just eat the bicep. (laughs) Thanks, Hastings. Historians would later dub their desperate hike back during the rescue effort as the forlorn hope.
2: I mean, that's kind of a beautiful name.
1: It's a really cool name. It's so terrible. So there's a show out there called Westworld right now. And there's a fort in the show called Fort Forlorn Hope. And I just thought that was the name of the fort. I had no idea it was based on this. Mm. Yeah. As the supplies dwindled, the Donner pioneers back at Truckee Lake resorted to eating increasingly grotesque meals. They slaughtered their pack animals. Then they cooked their dogs. And then they gnawed on leftover bones and even boiled the animal hide roofs on their cabins to cook into a foul paste to eat. A paste. A paste. Wow. A paste. Does a paste sound appetizing? Well, no, especially when you preface it with it's from an animal hide roof. Yeah, animal hide roof that's been sitting there for who knows how long. It's been cooked into a paste. If you're feeling weak,
0: you better make haste. Boil up some of that animal roof hide paste. Better you did that than you died when you could have eaten animal hide. (laughs)
1: I think this guy's caused enough trouble. He has, it. man. He's the worst. He just comes up in, like, unexpected places to just add more ridicule. <laughs> in prose, too, several people died of malnutrition. Oh, yeah. Not finger. back to the uh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, right, of course. But the rest managed to get by on morsels of boiled leather.
2: And tree bark. I've always told Katie, I don't know if this is true, but I just had this idea once when we were wearing our Crocs out in the woods. I had on some old Crocs and Uh I was wearing them. And she's like talking about, what if we get lost and blah, 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 and we don't have a cell phone that works. And I don't remember where we were. Yeah, where were you? And I told her, I said, if worst comes to worst, we can probably boil these Crocs and eat them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And she wasn't having any of it. (laughs) I would have done it. Now, not all the settlers were strong enough to escape. Okay, and those left behind were forced to cannibalize the frozen corpses of their comrades while waiting for further help. The first rescue party showed up in February and March of 1847, the following year. So they've been on this trip now for almost an entire year, and it was supposed to only take them four to six months. Nah, man. Yeah, and there were three different rescue parties, so not everybody could go all at once. All told, roughly half of the Donner Party's survivors eventually resorted to eating human flesh. Wow.
2: Yep. Could you imagine the name calling and the ridicule and the teasing if you were one of like the last group of five that hadn't eaten human flesh yet? So, now so it's, we it's, hadn't so now eaten any backwards. human flesh yet. No, oh, I, I I was going to try some yesterday, but I was afraid there wouldn't be enough for
1: everybody else. Yes. <laughs> Boy, put this bacon in your mouth. No animal hide paste until you've eaten your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> the first relief parties reached the settlers in February of eighteen forty-seven. But since pack animals were unable to navigate the deep snowdrifts, they only brought whatever food and supplies they could carry on themselves. Because they had eaten all the pack animals. They had <laughs> eaten all the pack animals. <laughs> By then, many of the pioneers were too weak to travel. Four relief teams in more than two and a half months were eventually required to get all the Donner Party survivors back to civilization, or at least those that survived. The last to be rescued was Lewis Kiesberg. He was found in April 1847, supposedly gone half mad and surrounded by the cannibalized bodies of his former companions. He had been left behind. They came back, and they find him alone. And he's like, yeah, they all, uh, they all died in their sleep. And they're like, dude, there's human flesh here cooking in pots. dude." And he's like, no, they—I they, didn't—not—that's not me. Hey, boy, I knew you from before. Why have you put on 20 pounds? <laughs> uh, just ate snow, a Oop. lot of snow. Kiesberg was later accused of having murdered the other people— to use his food, but the charges were never able to be proven. Now, a couple of the other parties were convinced that he'd killed them, so they threatened to kill him if they ever ran into him again. Man, what a terrible time. So perhaps the most famous Donner Party saviors was John Stark. He was a big California settler who took part in the third party relief, so the third and final one. In early March of 1847, he and two other guys, they stumbled upon 11 of the pioneers, who were mostly kids, who had been left behind the mountains by an earlier relief group. The two of the rescuers each grabbed one kid, and they started just hightailing it back down the slope. But Stark was like, no, there's more people here. He was unwilling to leave anyone behind, and so instead, he rallied all the adults that were there and then gathered the rest of the kids and began guiding the group single-handedly by himself down the mountain. Most of the kids were way too weak to walk, so he's carrying two of them at a time, picking them up, walking a few yards, putting them down. Walking back, picking two more up, walking the few yards, putting them down. Wow. And he's doing this over and over and over again until so finally he gets everybody down the mountain, led all nine of those kids to safety.
0: When things get to the end, you better grab a kid. For if you don't, you'd wish you did. <laughs> better grab a small child to carry. People might get eaten when others get wary. <laughs> It's so great.
1: Of the 81 pioneers who began the Donner Party's horrific winter into the Sierra Nevada mountain range, only 45 managed to walk out alive. George and Jacob Donner, the two brothers, both of their wives and four of their children, all perished. Those five times migrating, that last one was just the killer. Literally. Yeah, literally. I just imagine them back once they're all back, like, safe and sound at home, and they're laying in bed at
2: night, husband and wife, after this ordeal, like, years later. He's, like, moving all around in the bed, and she's like, why can't you go to sleep? And he goes, ah, I don't know. I'm just getting hungry. And she's
0: like, stop it. You're scaring me.
1: (laughs) That feeling never goes away. Oh, man. What a story. What a story. Isn't that crazy? I mean, you can go and you can see the cabins that they stayed in. Those are monuments now. They have a statue out there where the statue is like 22 feet high, and the top of the statue is has it, it's as high as the snow was that winter. It just shows an old pioneer chewing on what looks like a chicken bone. <laughs> oh, God. You got to stay true to history. Man. Facts don't care about your feelings, Bo. So next time you're at a restaurant, you hear someone go, oh, a party of six. It's a joke. It's where it comes from. <laughs> but that's where, that's where it comes from. I was telling, like I said, I was telling someone that earlier, and they're like, oh, I've heard that. I never knew that's where it came from. This is it. Guys, if you'd like to
2: connect directly with us, please shoot us an email to info at success101podcast.com. Or you can catch us in the world of social media on the Success 101 Podcast Facebook community page, on Instagram under the name at Success 101 Podcast,
1: or on Twitter under the name Warren Jared. And guys, for me, Instagram, Bo underscore Coleman, and on Twitter at BoDacious2691. We'll catch you guys on the next awesome episode of The Rundown.